Hey folks, it's Matt from the podcast. Just wanted to give you a heads up that in this episode, uh, I'm using my traveling audio equipment, and so the audio is a little bit subpar compared to usually what I put out, and unfortunately, when I was listening to the playback, it sounds like there's some intermittent static throughout the episode. Not during the whole thing, but pretty heavy in the first two minutes or so, and then it comes back later on in the podcast. So if you're the kind of person who is driven crazy by audio static, I definitely recommend skipping this episode. Uh, I will be recording another episode for next week while I'm traveling, but I will make sure to not use this equipment again so we don't get that static issue. Anyway, for everyone who is not bothered by that and is going to listen to the episode, I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day. Hey folks, welcome to the Grad School Sucks podcast. I'm your host, Matt Carlson, and this is a show for grad students who want to get jobs after grad school, specifically jobs in industry. And today, I'm actually traveling at the time that I'm recording this podcast, and so I'm going to change up the format a little bit. Uh, Typically on this show, we have episodes where I interview a guest, typically someone who was a grad student probably got their PhD, and then at some point decided to go industry. And then on other parts of the podcast, I'll often just talk solo about a specific topic, but this time I want to answer your all's questions. So earlier this week, I reached out on Instagram and solicited some questions from you all. And uh, so yeah, that's what the podcast is going to be this week. I'm going to directly answer some of the questions from you. We're probably going to do a part one and part two where this week I'll answer half of what I got, and next week I'll answer the other half. This will be a little bit briefer of a podcast than normal. Um, And since I am traveling, I'm using my traveling mic, and so the quality will be a little bit lower than normal, and I will not have a video for YouTube. But we will keep this rolling forward and uh, delivering value to help you get your first job in industry. And if you do have a question that you want me to answer on the show, feel free to reach out at matt at gradschoolsucks.com or send me a dm on instagram and my username is at gradschoolsucks so let's get to your all's questions today all right so first question i'm in my first industry job and i'm looking for a new one i'm not happy where i am any advice Well, this is a great question because it illustrates a couple of things. One, uh, oftentimes your first job in industry is not going to be your dream job. And that's not because you've done anything wrong. It's uh, not because you don't deserve your dream job. It's just because your first job in industry is typically people changing lanes, changing lanes from academia over to industry. And the really high value companies where many people want to work it's it's really competitive to work there and so they're going to want to see that you have a track record in industry typically that shows that you've you know risen through the ranks you've done a great job you've not job hop job hopped a whole bunch um and so I think having realistic expectations about your first industry job is good. That being said, if you don't like it, then of course, jump out as soon as you can, if that's what you want to do. And so I think in terms of looking at your second industry job, if you just started your first one and you don't like it, 
there are a couple of things to think about. One is most jobs are going to want to see you having held down your previous job for at least six months. And that's not always the case. Sometimes if you have like an internal referral that can really speed that along. Um, but I think typically job happening earlier in your career is more normal. And I don't think employers will just blacklist you whenever you're applying simply because you're applying six to 12 months within getting a new job. Um, so in terms of looking for a new one, I think if you already have your first job, I think you're in a great position to get your second one. Honestly, the first job is the hardest one to get. And after that, it gets much, much easier because you have a track record. And so I think just jumping on the job market and looking a little bit more selectively at what's available. Um, we are in a little bit more of a down market than we were, say, a year or two ago in terms of hiring. But that doesn't mean there aren't jobs out there. Many industries are actually not affected at all by the down market right now. Um, mainly tech is the one that's getting hammered the most that I'm aware of. So I would say if you're in your first industry job and you want a new one, you're not happy where you are, start working your network. Reach out to all the people that you have on LinkedIn, the people you've made connections with, done informational interviews with, and just tell them your story and tell them that you're looking for a new job. And I think, especially when you have some track record to speak of, like you already have your first job, it's gonna be much easier to get your second one. So um, you may not be able to get it right off the bat. Sometimes you have to wait six to 12 months in order to really get that street cred. So recruiters will take you more seriously for your second role. But um, yeah, I would say dig into your network first. That's probably gonna be your best way to go. All right, next question, how to convert your academic CV into a good resume? This is a great question. And I think there's, there's a couple ways you could do it. Um, but ultimately, I think the best way to go is to find people who have the role that you want to get and ask them for a copy of their CV. So the best place to look uh, is LinkedIn, of course. So I think finding people who have a similar background to you academically and then uh, making sure they have the role that you want and then doing informational interviews or coffee chats where you just ask them about the job, how they got it, what they think of it, and then seeing if they'd be willing to share a copy of their resume. That is great because it shows not only the keywords and the different skills that you're going to want to highlight on your resume, but it will also show how they frame their time in academia on their resume, um, how they talk about the skills and experiences that they had as a grad student. So I think, I think that's where I would start with first. I would actually go and find two, maybe three good examples of uh, resumes for the specific role that you're applying for, and preferably people who came from academia, because again, you do want to be able to show your academic background as a resource and not as something like weird or a waste of time. All right, question number three. I'm a vet student. I started following you recently, but I still don't understand what you mean by industry. So I assume vet student is veterinarian. Um, and what I mean when I say industry is uh, for a lot of academics, we look at things in terms of academia versus industry or the academic university world versus the private sector or the business world or the corporate world. Um, 
however you want to call it, but basically like any regular job that's not working for the government, working for a university or working for a nonprofit um, is what I mean by going industry. And there, there, are, there are industries within, you know, what we call industry, which makes that a little bit confusing. Um, like we have the healthcare industry, we have marketing, you know, different industries like that. But yeah, when I say going industry uh, or academia versus industry, I'm talking specifically just about the business world or the private sector in general. All right, next question. Are there any industry jobs you actually need a PhD for? Yes. So there are like scientist positions. If you're in the hard sciences or a STEM area, you can get science scientist positions that I think typically require a PhD. I'm from the social sciences and I can't think of really any jobs uh, that are in like a social science space that require a PhD, except like uh, there are probably some research oriented positions where they would prefer you to have a PhD. Um, but I think, I think jobs in industry that require a PhD, that's probably more for the STEM area and um, yeah. So it, it really depends on your background. I think for most people, the PhD is, is not required to get the role that they end up getting in industry, um, which we'll talk about in the next question. So question number five, do PhDs make more money in industry compared to masters? I assume that's masters degree holders. That is a interesting question. So, uh, right off the top of my head, you know, it's going to depend on what degrees we're talking about, like what fields and then what roles you end up getting in industry. Like I was saying for the previous question, there are like specific positions, say in like biotech or pharma that, that are a little bit more degree specific. And so I think the pay scales for those probably are a bit different, maybe like 25%. I don't know if I, I don't know if they're 50% different. Again, this is not something I can really speak to, but you know, 20 to 30% different. But I think for most people, particularly for non-STEM fields, a PhD is not going to add a ton of extra income. Um, you know, I think so, so there will be a pay differential to some degree, probably like 10%, maybe more. And the difference may grow the further you get in your career. So you may be able to get like a senior position quicker than if you just had a master's. But I think something important to pay attention to is the opportunity cost involved. So let's say you stopped at a master's and you got a job and then uh, that's version A of you. And then version B of you went and got a PhD, spent five to seven years doing that, and then got a similar role. Version A that skipped the PhD is now going to have five to seven years of job experience, um, meaning they're probably going to be in a senior position. They could be in management at that point. They may have gone on to, you know, the next level of that role by then. And so I think in the long run, I, I think any, any benefit that the PhD will have over a master's 
for the average like non-STEM role who's in a non-STEM person who's in a role that's not like a PhD specific role, I think the PhD won't make a huge difference because of the time involved. Of course, if we started those people at the same point, the PhD would just outpace them slightly, which would you know be of a great benefit over time. But again, five to seven years is a long time in a career. And um, I think the opportunity cost is important to think about. So, but again, this is coming from a social sciences background, uh, maybe a PhD in a more STEM physical sciences oriented field would actually translate to something that's worth the time investment. Anyway, moving on question number six. So this will be the last question for uh, this episode. Did you have to do a postdoc before going into industry? So I assume they're talking about me specifically. Um, so I didn't do a postdoc. I considered it um, at the time my wife and I had just had our son and I, I didn't love the idea of getting a one to two year postdoc contract for, you know, whatever it was at the time, 50K, and then having to move again after that. And so I ended up applying and getting four. I didn't apply to any postdocs and I applied and I got a research scientist position, which makes, which ended up making like a little bit below what an assistant professor makes. It was a much more like long-term contract. Um, and I held that role for two years before leaving it. And so I never held a postdoc, but I did have a research scientist role. And I think that the research scientist role did help me transition to industry easier. Do I think the time was worth it? Like if we go back again to the PhD versus masters, I think if there was a version of me that in an alternate universe, didn't do the research scientist position, jumped straight into a data analytics role in healthcare, which is where I'm at now. I think that version of me would probably be further ahead professionally, probably making more, having gotten a promotion. I think, the, I think it might've been harder for that person to get the role because I think it does look good to recruiters to see that someone got their PhD and then got a job, whether it's a postdoc or a research scientist position or something like that, um, or staff scientist. I think, I think those roles do help, but uh, in the short term, in terms of like jumping the bridge from academia to industry, but I don't know if they're necessarily, they're definitely not required. And I don't know if they're worth it in the long run compared to just jumping straight into industry. Um, so if you're facing the decision of, do I take a postdoc knowing I'm going to industry anyway, eventually, or do I jump, just jump straight into industry? I think most people would be best suited by just jumping straight into industry. But hey, if you don't agree with me, please send me an email or hit me up on Instagram again at gradschoolsucks or my email is matt at gradschoolsucks.com. Uh, I like this format. This is fun. And I would love to answer more of your questions. And I've got six more questions lined up for next week's episode. And then after that, we should be transitioning back to regular episodes. July is a travel heavy month for me. But um, yeah, we will get the podcast rolling again in a normal pace. Thank you all so much for listening. 
If you did enjoy the episode, please be sure to subscribe, share with someone who you think could benefit from listening to it, and leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you all so much, and see you all next time.